Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey crew, it's uh, Walsh here for the Round 8 SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. Uh, we're going to wrap it up for the Anzac Day weekend uh six games and two to come on tuesday so we're gonna have a chat about the six games coming up first of all i just want to give a big shout out and thanks to all those people that listened to last week's uh, first episode great feedback i really appreciate it uh just trying to build up this body and and got the support of uh timmy and the crew from sc playbook so really appreciate all the the support uh, across the networks uh of Supercoach. Righto, let's get on to the games. It started off on Thursday night with, oh, it was a cracker. Probably one of the games of the year, to be fair. The Rabbitohs taking on the Panthers in the uh, 2021 grand final replay. So 20-18 to 18 win to the Rabbitohs. My thoughts on it from an NRL perspective was just a really high-quality game. Uh, the first half, I thought the Rabbitohs really stepped up. There was a lot of ball in play, and they handled it a lot better than I've seen them do in the past. So uh, I think that game that they played against the Dolphins last week where they gave them a really hard hit out all the way up until uh, when Kenny Bromwich got put in the sin bin, there was a lot of ball in play. Really, really helped them uh, in that instance. But even so, I mean, the Panthers, what can you say? They've, they've lost a lot of close games, but... They basically had this game, and uh, to, to, to be fair to the Rabbitohs, to their credit, they had to really go out and win it, and it took the brilliance of uh, Latrell and Cody Walker and that left edge to uh, go out and grab it. You know, I started writing down turning points for the match, and there were so many as just in, in that period of time. But, um, you know, I just felt like Latrell, that's where we're starting to see the best of Latrell. He's really opening up now, and... Yeah, that was reflected in his super coach score, but what he did for the team, uh, just some sublime touches, you know, the flick pass at the back, he knew he was on and then he was pushing up the middle. Uh, he, you know, he, he had a few mistakes in there as well. Um, you know, he had a, had a knock-on that led to the second try for Crichton and that that type of thing. But, you know, it was just the best, the best of Luttrell. So uh, I think if you're a Luttrell owner, you're very, very happy and, you know, you're probably happy holding him all the way up into origin and maybe through origin depending on what your plans are. So well done to those people. So uh, from a Supercoach perspective, just having a look at some of the Supercoach relevant scores. Um, Hosking, that was interesting. I did see a few comments in the chat and he didn't play the full 80 minutes, uh, he ended up, I think, around about 50. It was 49 or 50 his score after updates. So that's reasonably solid, but you'd be hoping to see him 
most of the time played that 80 minutes, but uh, I guess that was Cleary's decision. Uh, as a coach, he felt like he needed to come off and uh, he took him off and then he came back later in the game. Uh, Latrell, 102, just continues to deliver for owners. Uh, you got Cleary, 60. That's about his four. I, I don't know if you'll get much lower scores than that from Nathan Cleary unless it's just a just a bog or something like that, a really wet game. But that's just about his floor. Cody, 66. I was just watching that game. I thought he might have been more than 66, but it was a low-scoring game. And at the end of the day, it was just great to see Cody. Uh, you know, he's had some. He's played in some massive games, and at the end of the games, he's been on the wrong end of it um, in terms of decision-making. And it was just great to see him create that last try and be the person that gave the try assist there uh, to get the win. So... Uh, yeah, I just, I just felt really happy for him because you know he, he keeps putting he keeps putting himself into that spot where he's making that bat, uh, that that tough decision and between winning the game and losing the game and he had that intercept with Crichton in the grand final so it's good to see um, Cody getting a win there. Uh, AJ ninety, oh Alex Johnson is he a trade in? That's that's a big call because ninety against Penrith. Starting to get me a little bit excited about Alex Johnson, but you know he's sort of rocks or diamonds. You've got to get those tries. But could the left side of South Sydney be starting to stoke up a little bit? It's it's been predominantly right this year, which has been very strange for South Sydney. So we'll see how they go. Uh, yeah, so Hame Sele, 58. So I, I felt like he was close to the best forward on the field, to be honest with you. So... Uh, he's certainly a player that if you brought him in as that second front rower, I think you'd be pretty happy with him because he's probably going to retain a lot of those minutes that he played and he was just so explosive. He played really well. Davi Moala, 32, he went back to what he's been producing before uh, last week's outlier, which was, you know, was good for owners. Uh, fortunately, I didn't play him. Sonny Luke was 23, so... Uh, I mean, there's probably bigger fish to fry at the moment, but Sonny Luke doesn't really look like a good option for that second hooker position. He's just uh, too erratic and he's not really getting the time out on the field. Targo, 40, that's acceptable. Given that he relies on attack, he didn't have a a lot come his way. I thought Taruva was pretty unlucky. He was having a really cracking game and then they just showed it, like no contact, no one near him, just put his foot down and rolled his ankle. So... Had to go off for that. Uh, he was a bit unlucky, but I thought I thought he played really well. Starting to get a lot of tackle bus. Um, his kick returns. He was really elusive. So um, if you got Taruva, I don't think it looked too bad. So he he might play this week, but you just have to listen out for the for the injury report. But forty five in those circumstances more than acceptable. Tyo twenty nine. Geez, that'd be disappointing for Tyo owners. Uh, uh, just just a game that didn't really go his way. So I think you can st- stick solid with him. Uh, some people may want to move him on. Uh, just a couple of note, notes on a couple of players that probably aren't that super coach relevant unless you're really looking deep into it. But Crichton, 148. I was actually saying to the uh, SC Playbook boys in some of the chat, I felt like Crichton wasn't far off getting dropped. Uh, I was probably a bit being a little bit sort of a bit of hyperbole there, but, I mean, he hasn't played well at all this year and he's made a lot of mistakes, but 
probably just takes a game against South to get him going, I guess. But it was outstanding. 148. I mean, he's going to have a price rise of maybe 70 or 80 grand after this week. So um, he was coming down pretty rapidly. So if you think he can replicate that over the next couple of weeks, well, maybe he's maybe he's a uh, he's a trade in. Alenu 49. Oh, Alenu is just so explosive. I'm, I'm excited to see when he gets on the field just what he can do, Lanyu, and he's just a firecracker. There's always something happening. He's always sort of um, having a go at someone or someone's whacking him. So he's an exciting player to watch, and uh, the Roosters have got themselves a real good player there. So that's all I had from that one. Uh, moving on to the Friday night game in Darwin where the Broncos, 26 points to 16 winners over, over uh, the Eels. Uh, I just... My takes from that game is really I just don't think Para are the side they were last year. I'm just, you know, they just seem to have lost players and they're not back where they are. They they rely a lot on Moses and Gutho and when it got wet, um, you know, Mo, Moses didn't do too much. He's not really a wet weather footy player. And I saw a couple of other games later in the week that we'll talk about later where it was a similar situation. You know, there's players that really struggle in those wet weather games. It's not suited to them. But I'm not fully sold on the Broncos either. So uh, a lot of tries off kicks. Um, yeah, and, and I don't really drink the Kool-Aid uh, with teams that are sort of scoring those tries off kicks. They do remind me of the old Broncos. Not not the old, old Broncos, but the ones where they used to be really competitive and make the top eight um, after where, after they'd won the comps. And they did score a lot of tries off uh, in different ways, like off brilliance and off what I'd call not luck, but generated luck. So uh, generated luck or momentum. So what I'd say generated luck is basically, say, for instance, that kick that Reese Walsh put through. He puts the kick through. Looks like it's going dead for all money. The last bounce bounces up and they've generated so they get the luck of the last bounce. It's very it's very unlucky for Parramatta, but they generate the try through Tony Staggs tapping the ball back and man being there. So they're putting themselves in positions to take uh I guess take advantage of that luck. Uh, and that's what I'd call the generated luck of the Broncos. And they play a lot of footy like that. And obviously on the back of their forward pack that really helps. But I'm still got question marks over their nine position. I think that's really gonna uh, really gonna hurt them at the business end of the season. Also, like that first try there where Herbie Farmworth, it was just a it was a bit of a soft drop from Sean Russell. I've I've noticed with Russell uh, since he's come back into the NRL, he is struggling a little bit with the physicality side of it. So uh, something to watch out for. He, you know, he's playing a little bit in the centres as well. So uh, it's certainly. They're struggling in that position. I'm not sure if uh, Wanga Blake will come back into contention there, but uh, I've noticed uh, a few things that are quite alarming with with Sean Russell in the centres. So something to keep an eye on for matchups um, if he does continue to play in that centre position. Uh, so for Supercoach and and also yeah, be aware that you know if you were looking to trade in Sean Russell, which I don't think he would be. He's fairly expensive. That I don't know if he'll be there too long. Uh, okay, let's have a look at some of the uh, relevant Supercoach scores. Gutho, 86. Oh, could he be a pod consideration for the origin buy period? There's a bit of talk going around at the moment. 
in some circles about that. So he's definitely one to watch there. Uh, Dylan Brown, 67, solid for owners. He's, he's been solid, Dylan Brown, but he's not really putting on those big scores. So he's starting to warm up with his combo with Lane, but to be honest, I thought it was a little bit clunky again. So I'm not really sure what's happened there. And I think it may have something to do with the left centre position. I don't think that they're all in sync there. So I would not be surprised at all to see Wunga Blake come back in if he's not injured, if he hasn't injured himself when he's gone back to New South Wales Cup. Uh, brought in Maddo. A uh, little bit disappointed with the 59, but that's about his floor, I think. I think I think with Maddo, you're not going to go much lower than that. Um, and that's the good thing about him. He, he might have, you know, a 90 or a 100 in him. He's, he pumped out 280s before I brought him in. So I'm pretty happy to have him in my side and keep him in there as well. He's not going to play Origin, uh, so he's pretty solid. Jermaine Hopgood, 43, with the sin bin, solid hold. Yeah, he's a solid hold, Jermaine Hopgood. If you've held him this long, uh, he's going to serve you well through that bye period when Para play a few games. So hang on to him. A bit unlucky with the sin bin there because he uh, didn't get a charge for the hip drop. Reese Walsh. 38. Well, if you're an owner and there's a few of us out there, you sort of knew it was coming at some stage. You couldn't keep up these really, really high-scoring games. A little bit like Drinky went on that run. He was going to punch out one of these. And I actually don't think 38's too bad when you talk about going low. I think he's a type of player that could go really, really low. Uh, So I'll take a 38. But when you see what Luttrell did the night before, it is tough to take. I think uh, those people who got on the trail, well done to you. But there's a question comes up about Reese Walsh. Is he a sell? You know, uh, we're going to talk about Turbo later. There's some injury troubles there. So, uh, as always, Supercoach has thrown up a few conundrums. Bryce Cartwright, if you've still got him, 35. That's about where he's at at the moment. I think the Cardi party is over. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a sell. Um, you've made your money on him. Now's the time to cash in. Uh, I sold him for Matto, and uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Sean Lane, 65, basically all in base. And to watch the game to the eye, I didn't think he played that well. I thought that they were a bit out of sync. Uh, so 65 pretty good from Sean Lane. If he can spark up and start getting some attacking points because uh, I don't think he got any. Uh, maybe a couple of offloads, then Sean Lane could be a real proposition moving forward, uh, especially Para coming into a soft part of the draw somewhat. And also uh, they play some of those big buys, so keep an eye out for it. I think uh, I'm really interested to see how the Broncos bounce back. Um, next week they play South at, Sun- at Suncorp Stadium, albeit, but they play South and they're going to have – I imagine that Ezra Mam and Payne Haas are going to take the one week rather than challenge for the hip drops and, uh, you know, risk being out for two weeks. They'll probably take the one week. Now, that's really going to challenge the Broncos' depth. Payne Haas is huge for them. We know that. But they do have a bit of depth in those middle forwards, so I think they can step up for that one game. Uh, I imagine Jock Madden will probably come in in the 5-8 position. He's a solid player. So it's going to be a real challenge for the Bronx uh, against South Sydney. And, you know, South Sydney are genuine top four side. They showed that against Penrith. They're a real, real contender. So it might be a bit of a litmus test um, Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. 
Right on now, team. A lot of us uh, that have played or like myself, I've played a bit of sport and will closely follow sport now that I don't play it anymore. Uh, we love a punt, you know. Uh, I do too. So, But sometimes it does get out of control. Uh, and if you feel your, your gambling is getting too much and you're not in control of it, there is free help available through Gareth White, White and his uh, team at Sequel. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. So if you need some support, contact Gareth and his team of Sequel. You can email gareth.w at sequel, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U. Phone 02955940134 or go to the website www.sequel.org.au. So that's C-E-C-A-L. Check it out. Uh, if you're in that situation, like we said, it's nothing to be ashamed of, just getting that support and uh, getting yourself back on track to keep it in control. Okay, on the next game, we have the Bulldogs versus Sharks, and the Sharkies took it out 33 points to 20. It was an interesting game, this one. Uh, the Dogs showed a lot of heart. Uh, just They're just struggling in attack, let's be honest. like They really, really struggle in attack. So uh, I thought Burton was inspirational, but... You know, like at the end there, he was taking hit ups. He was really putting his body on the line, similar to what Appy Coruscant did today. Uh, but he's just not getting a lot of help. Uh, surely, surely it is Carl Oluwapu time. Uh, give the lad a crack, I reckon. So, yeah, he's got to be he's got to be there and thereabouts. I know he's only an eighteen year old, and they're trying to be careful and and sort of hold him back and hold him back, but. They really, really lack that attack. He, he he may not be the messiah that they hope for at his age, but I think if they can get those games into him, the Bulldogs fans are going to see uh, that they've got a really, really bright future. You know, Crichton's going there next year uh, and they've got some younger players that they'll, that'll be getting some games into him, like uh, Alamotti as well. So... Uh, I think that's I think that's the position that the Bulldogs are in. He might come off the bench, maybe Oluwapu, um, you know, at some stage over the next month uh, they might look at him. Uh, and at some stage, I think he probably takes Flanagan's spot. I'm pretty sure Flanagan's uh, contract is up at the end of the year, so Carl Oluwapu is the future. Um, Sharks. Yeah, they're a strange side. The Sharks, they, they, they. At times, they look irresistible, you know, like they're untouchable. And then at other times, within the same game, they can look really, really vulnerable. Uh, I, I would say, no doubt, a top eight team. They could go as high as like three or four, but they could be the bottom of the eight as well. So uh, it really depends on uh, whether they can put forward that consistent, consistent output. Uh, that 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 we've seen from them, we've seen it, but yeah, both Hines and Matty Moylan are suspect in defence if they get isolated. And um, yeah, normally the halves are. I know, like you know, both halves, you know, both on, on all sides are, you know, generally susceptible to that. But they're definitely that's a weak point for them. So it's something to keep an eye on. Alamotti, twenty six. He's not getting a lot of opportunity. If you haven't sold him already, or if he's stuck in your side. He's probably a move-on prospect, I'd say. Uh, but, you know, if you've got him, you're not playing him, I'd say. Matty Burton, 78. Like I said, he was inspirational. He can do that. He just hasn't had the opportunity to 
they just don't have the attack to consider bringing someone like Matty Burton into the side. And the same probably goes for TPJ. He punched out a 41, but he's not a buy at the moment. We just need to wait and see whether some of this young blood, uh, if it comes into the side from the Bulldogs, they start getting a few of these injured players back, hopefully, that they can start to look a bit more dangerous in attack. Uh, Reed Marnie, 39. I think people would be a bit disappointed with that. Uh, so there was a there was a group that went for the antipod play, get rid of Harry, go to Reed Marnie. Last couple of weeks he's punched out sort of uh, mid-30s, uh, 40. So uh, it's not diabolical, but it's not great. But the hooker position is at the moment a bit of a dilemma for super coaches. Uh, Jacob Preston, 56, solid. That's a hold. Yeah, I'll be holding him for most of the year, I think. Uh, I, I like him. I think he'll jag a try here and there. I did notice that he played. Um, I, th- I felt like he switched sides. I could be wrong, but I felt like he switched sides. So uh, ha- ha- I'll have a close look at that and get back to you on that one. But Britton Nickera, oh, wow, 87. Yeah, I had a bit of a chat about him in my article this week and just talking about how he's in career best form and he's running off Nico as well, so that helps. You know, he's starting to form that combination similar to what SJ did, uh, but it, it's a little bit different in the lines he runs as well. But certainly he's a prospect up there with like a Dave Fafita or a Ryan Madison, and his upside is probably better than like a Madison. So he'd be up there with a Fafita with his upside in a better team, so possibly even better. His base is probably not as good, but he's attacking so well that he's got to be a prospect. But you're paying up for him now, so he's he's really started the season really well. So you're going to have to pay up for him. But I'm going to look at it, you know, as I start to put together my best side for the run home. Nico Hines, what can you say? 97. Uh, that's probably his floor, uh, and I'm not taking the piss either. Like, seriously, um, it's like that... If they could create a player that's most suited to Supercoach, it would be Nico Hines. Uh, he's just suited to the game. He accumulates points uh, within that Cronulla team. Like I didn't feel like he did that much, and I looked at it at halftime, and he might have been on you know, 40, 35, 40. Uh, and then he always just generally gets that stat, you know, and uh, it's pretty hard. It just makes it a serious consideration every single week. You have to seriously consider it's almost a – that pod move to, you know, to captain anyone else but Nico. That's that's sort of where it's getting to, a little bit like it was with Turbo uh, in that real attacking year. So a couple of other notable scores, Corey Woodell, 98, and Kennedy with the three tries, he, he got to 99. So not really super coach relevant players, but had great games. Oh, another talking point from the game. What about Ronaldo Molotalo? Oh, the bomb try. That's his second one. So I can remember uh, he did one earlier in the year where he, he was sort of celebrating and he was laughing at the camera and someone came from behind and knocked the ball out. Uh, so he's bombed that one and then he's like gone down that time and his arm's gone out. And when I saw it, I thought, geez, he's gone close to the sideline. But they normally get the ball down first. So I'm sure he'll be getting a big talking to. So, yeah, that's that's about all I had from that game. Bulldogs and Sharks, uh, not much there from the Bulldogs. There's a few players that are relevant from the Sharks, but Britton Nakora uh, and Nico Hines, yeah, 
definitely the pick of the bunch. Okay, on to the second game on Saturday night, Cowboys versus Knights. And this was a oh, – it was just, it was an exciting affair, but it was quite scrappy. Uh, so Ponga returned off the bench. He looked really dangerous. And his super coach scoring was really good. He looked a bit hesitant to start with. Like it was interesting that they that they chose to play him off the bench to start the game. Uh, but I think like he had a bit of a look and, you know, obviously he's had those head knocks, so he's a bit sheepish. And then when he got into the game, it was just like natural, just like riding a bike. He just got out there. He looked really dangerous. And he almost scored the try to win the game for him, to be fair. The Cowboys come out of their slump barely. I mean, they barely came out of their slump. I mean, they probably should have got beaten on the last play. I'll come and talk about that in a sec. sec. But Cowboys' attack is just really struggling outside uh, outside of Drinkwater and um, a bit from Nanai and obviously Val Holmes is their best player. But, yeah, a lot of it revolves around Drinkwater um, and they're just really struggling at the moment. I mean, Chad, Chad Townsend's not offering them a lot. Uh, and, yeah, they're not getting a lot on their left side as well So uh, from Tommy Dearden. So, yeah, I, I mean, they eked out a win and sometimes you can play yourself um, out of these form slumps, but they come into some pretty hard games. So I'm not sure this is the end of uh, the end of it for the Cowboys. I think they're, they're going to struggle a little bit this year. But Holmes, Val Holmes, inspirational. He basically put the team on his back in the second half. Some of those carries, he was just coming off the back fence, getting up, quick play the balls, generating ruck speed when they had nothing. And they just, you know, and obviously the try there at the end, um, which was just desire, you know, just burst through and beat a couple of tackles and and went from there. So Drinky, having a look at some of the scores, uh, Ponga, 58. Oh, would you risk it to bring him back in? He's going to play Origin. Certainly after Origin, if he can get through all those games, you know, and get through Origin unscathed with any head knocks, then Kalen Ponga for the run home is an exciting prospect. But I think I'm going to leave him on ice um, at this stage because it's a huge if. And they will pick him for Origin. I'm pretty sure they'll pick him for State of Origin, uh, listening to a few interviews that Billy Slater's had. Uh, Drinky got 105. Looked dangerous, but... Is he really a consideration to bring in? You know, they're not playing Newcastle every week and Newcastle sort of have a bit of a looser defence. So I think it's a big risk to bring him in. But, you know, take on trust, as I said last week. Uh, Val Holmes, 103. I feel like he's been solid all year. I've had him all year. Uh, He's had limited opportunities. They don't get him a lot of clean ball uh, like they should. Uh, But 103, he just really showed his class and, I'm happy to keep him into my side and see what happens over origin. He might go out at some stage or, you know, he might just sit there and I'll use him for the whole year. Lockie Miller, the people that have jumped on Lockie Miller, he was a, he was a high price, but he's been an outstanding boy. He punched out another 84 uh, and I felt like it wasn't his best game. Uh, and have a look at some of his stats. I think he got like three line break assists and he's still got a heap of tackle breaks. So, he set the standard high for himself, but it certainly wasn't his best game. Uh, Ruben Cotter, 75 in base. That's uh, on the back of that try last week. He's put up a couple of big scores. Is he back? Oh, he could be. He could be. He could be, um, 
could be an elusive option for that second front row forward position or, you know, some some people, a lot of people are not going to have Payne Haas this week if he takes the early guilty plea. So there's, gonna, there's a real dearth in that uh, front row forward position. So maybe Cotter's a solution. But, again, you've got to consider he's going to play Origin. He's going to play Origin. So you've got to keep that in the back of your mind. Greg Marzu looked great. Uh, end up punching out a 67, which I thought is probably a bit low, uh, given how good he looked. But the just didn't didn't the opportunity didn't come his way after that try. But uh, he's certainly a hold for owners, and he's been a great buy. Um, in terms of the game, I thought Miller and Hastings were a little bit off. Uh, and I said this in the chat: not having a recognised hooker really cost the Knights in critical moments big time. So Braley is such a huge loss for them. If, if you look at the last play of the game, and I went back and I uh, I rewound it a couple of times to have a good look at it because, um, you know, I was probably a bit critical of Phoenix Crosland. But what happened is they took one to the middle, they came back and Ponga really challenged them with a run uh, just about the middle of the post. Anyway, he got up, he got a reasonably quick play of the ball, and one of the Saifidi brothers punched in. This was the last play of the game. He punched in a hole there, short, and Phoenix Crosland's just hit him. When it was clear that they had space and they had a numerical advantage out to the left-hand side, so it was just get the ball out of the back. But when you do look at the play, Miller doesn't really react and go to that half halfback spot. He's really, really deep, and he doesn't react to the fact that there's no left-side half there. So that really didn't give Phoenix Crosland a lot of options uh, in his defense. But any even if the pass had been passed out there and it went to Fitzgibbon on the bounce, they probably score a try because they had a massively stripped for numbers. But that is uh, obviously a byproduct of Braley, you know, doing his knee again. And and I really feel for Braley because he's a smart player and he hasn't had the opportunity to show his best at NRL level. But I guess that's the way it goes. So hopefully uh, for the Cowboys fans, this is onwards and upwards for them. I think for the Knights, you've got a, you've got yourself a gritty team. You've got your marquee player back and uh, all, all signs of positives for the Knights. Okay, on to Sunday, Dolphins versus Titans. Oh, what a game. I thought this was just going to be a complete blowout. But then with the Titans, you're always questioning yourself. But they just came out and put on a blitz. And the first half in attack from the Titans was absolutely unreal. But the defense from the Dolphins was highly questionable. And then you could basically just flip the script for the second half. The second half in attack for the for the Dolphins, they showed a lot of patience. They basically just rolled through the Titans defense. So the Titans defense was woeful. Uh, you know, like the first two tries were basically Jared Wallace just tipped it on and there was just so much space just to the left side of the post. I don't know how they created so much space. Um, and then Jared, Jared Wallace just uh, just barged his way over himself. So it was basically the Jared Wallace-led revival uh, for the Dolphins. But, no, nah, a great win for them, an unbelievable win for a, for a club like that. Uh, and what it'll do for them is just huge, like so much belief so, uh, so much for their morale um, and the flip side for the Titans. Oh, that would have to be so deflating. 
when they go into the dressing sheds, it would just be so, so deflating. Uh, but, you know, I guess they've just got to regather themselves. It doesn't get any easier. They go and play the Seagulls at Four Pines Park next Saturday. So good luck with that. Uh, but the good news, I guess, for them, it's not good news for anyone, but the fact that they won't have to face Turbo or Fit Turbo there because he looks like he's uh, he's injured himself. So the Dolphins will take on the Canberras down at uh, the nation's capital, so that'll be enough, another tough game for them there. But, yeah, I think my takeaways from the game was just great belief from the Dolphins. Again, you know, credit to the coaching from uh, Wayne Bennett. Uh, and just the Titans, they're just so flaky. Um, they just sort of went to water uh, in their defense. I think they're the worst defensive team in the NRL and and uh, really showed in that second half. It was terrible. I haven't looked at a few of the Supercoach relevant scores from that game. Well, not really relevant, but it was interesting to see the debut of Thomas McKayley. He got an 18, so I guess he's not really relevant. Mo Fodawaka, two good scores in a row now. So he's starting to raise a few eyebrows, 66. Uh, Brimson looked awesome. He, he, he He's a serious consideration, but there's a lot of risk-reward in, in Brimson. He can punch out some low scores. So I'd say, like, take on trust. Dave Fafita, rock solid. He's been rock solid for his owners. Like, what you paid for him, that's what he's delivered. So 76 there. This is all before updates, so these could update significantly. Um, Tino got a try, so he punched out an 82. So, again, could he be another option for the front row forward? Again, he's probably going to play Origin. So is he really the answer? I'm not sure. Uh, Big scores from Jared Wallace, 94. Isaac Louie, 83, but not overly relevant for for supercoaches. Lofikan Pereira, he did get a try, but then it got taken away. Finished up with 18, and that basically sums up. If he gets if he gets the attacking stats, then he gets up there. If he doesn't get the attacking stats, he's not going to get the points because he's not a high-volume player. Uh, I, I traded him out of my side last week, and, and I'm pretty happy with that. I, I don't feel nervous or anything when I'm watching him because even if he gets two or three tries, I know that he's not going to... He's not going to go past 100 or, you know, 80, 90 or something like that. So, And he can't produce that in that Titans side on a weekly basis. Uh, Hammer, I thought he played awesome, but, yeah, super coach-wise, he 32 before updates. He's a bit unlucky uh, on a number of occasions. We'll talk about a few of them occasions in a sec. Uh, Tommy Gilbert, 54. That's solid. That's about where he's at on a weekly basis. Jermaine Asako has been good for owners. Another 57. That was really good. 58 from Isaiah Katoa. So I know that a lot of owners had were in the position where they had to play him as their fourth reserve. So that's very, very handy. A bit like Davi Mowali last week. He's really come through for owners on the right week. So I wouldn't expect that every week, obviously, because they're not going to be playing the worst defense in the NRL every week. But 58, yeah, more than acceptable from Isaiah Katoa. Give him a nice price rise. Um, and you can consider what you do with him, whether you hold him still and you might have bigger problems for your team or you trade him out. Oh, bringing us to the talking points, Robert Jennings. What was he doing? Oh, I don't think I've ever – like I think the commentator said that as well. I've never seen anything like it. It was like Robert Jennings said to Ronaldo Militalo, just hold my beer for bomb tries. Unbelievable. He's just <laughs> – 
he fell over to, before the line and then I think he just thought it was fifth tackle or something or maybe he had another tackle. I'm not really sure what he thought, but there was Ray Stone and Nick Arima were screaming at him to get up and, you know, just crawl forward and place the ball over the line. But he bombed that try and uh, that's probably one he'll be copping it for the rest of the year in the dressing sheds, I'd say. So, but the fact that they came back, I mean, you know, he'd be breathing easy tonight. He'd probably sleep a bit easier than if they got rolled. So, yeah, on to next week for those two teams. On to our last game, Tigers versus Eagles at Campbelltown. Oh, 22-16 win to Manly. I really thought the Tigers were going to do it. But then Manly came back with that sub try and I felt really, really bad for, for the Tigers, I did. So it was wet weather footy. Um, after 10 minutes into the game, you knew it was going to have a massive effect on the game. We don't see it through – only on certain angles do you see it through the TV about how hard it is pelting down. But you can see why the, the players' footing like was really sort of uneasy and um, they were sl- slipping and sliding everywhere. But, you know, wet weather, it, it affects uh, – it definitely affects the, the scoring for Supercoach unless you're Nico Hines. Uh, both both uh, teams uh, – on top of that, both of the teams were probably dry weather teams. Like, you know, if you look at the Tigers, they're trying to get back to what they were in 05, which is an exciting uh, throw-the-footy-around sort of team and the Seagulls are always good on a day on day footy, sun sunny game. Uh and they use their speed and their skill in the outside back. So it wasn't an ideal game for either team. I thought the Tigers were gutsy. Um like I said, I felt sorry for them. They've got a lot of young kids. They'll be better for it next year. Um when they sort out their halves, if they sort out their halves, that's their biggest problem at the moment, is just having those dominant halves. Um they really need, and I guess, like, you know, with the news about Dewey, it doesn't sound great with him coming back into the halves. So that's the biggest thing for power brokers at, at, at the West Tigers is can they get that halves situation sorted? Uh, well, other notes from the game, I think, geez, Turbo, he looked, I put the captain on him and, you know, as soon as I seen him take the first two or three runs, I was like, oh, what have I done? Because he looked uh, restricted, inhibited, you know. I don't know what other type of adjective you want to use, but yeah, he um, he made that. They made that break, and he was backing up in support, and then he got run down by Utu Ikamanu, who who does have a fair bit of pace for a front row. But Tom Trebojevic getting run down like that, ah, that doesn't happen, you know, if he's fully fit. So he got the offload to DCE for the try, which was great, but. Nah, he's definitely not. He definitely wasn't firing on all cylinders even before he did his groin later in the game. It, it looked like to me he was really ginger. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I know that there's been some talk about back. There's been some talk about hip pointers, but it looked like it was back or hip pointers or whatever it was, he, he was restricted. It might have been both. Um, at the end of the day, he wasn't fit, and then that's led to him Injuring his groin, you know, he's, he's not able to stretch out. So it's really unfortunate for turbo owners and it's really unfortunate for him um, because I actually found myself, um, you know, I was, I was sending a, a message to Desi and and uh, Spy and the boys and I said, oh, I don't know how you could pick him for origin based on this is before the groin injury. So 
Um, now, obviously, with the groin injury, I think he'll come into into doubt for Origin as well. So it's a real shame. He, he's a great player, but he's just been riddled with injury. And again, the injury bugs uh, hit Turbo. Uh, so let's have a look at a few of the scores. Yeah, Turbo ended up with about 40-ish, which at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, he was captained by a few people, but most people um, did the safe play and went Nico Hines. So it's probably not going to affect anyone that captain Nico Hines because most people have turbo. Josh Schuster wasn't really his type of game, finished with around 20. Uh, Ola Kawatu, outstanding form. He's just in beast mode, 80-plus. Um, so not for me in Supercoach uh, because he can go pretty low and it's sort of up and down in terms of Supercoach scoring. But in terms of what he's doing on the footy field, he'd have to be a massive chance for Origin. Uh, 75 plus for DCE before updates. Yeah, he's going well, DCE. Origin's looming. Not overly relevant, you know, because most teams have Nico and Cleary in that halfback position. I thought Uta Ikamanu was really good in real life NRL. Uh, I think he ended up with 35 to 40 close to the end of the game. So he's not really punching out those big scores, but, um, you know, who is in the front row forward position apart from Payne Haas? So, You'll take what you can get, I guess. Garrick, uh, again, not his day. He's bleeding cash, but I'm just going to hold him. I'm just going to keep him as a hold. I paid that money for him. He's going to play fullback now. They get a matchup against the Titans, hopefully on a dry ground um, at Four Points Park. He goal kicks. So, yeah, there's a lot of upside there for Garrick. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our games. Obviously, we've got the two games to look forward to on Tuesday, the Roosters versus the Saints and the Storm versus the Warriors. Should be some cracking games. Go the Waz. See you next week.